It's time for Mama Bear Donita on the Mama Bear Cancer Support Radio Podcast. Welcome to The Sharing Den, where we share cancer stories, products, and information to support anyone going through the journey. We will be there for you. We will be there with you. Now, welcome Mama Bear Donita. Hi, this is Donita with Donita Mama Bear Podcast, and today we have Tamara on, and she is Tamara Anderson Hanna. Now, tell me your name so I know if I'm saying it right or not. Uh, Tamara's fine. I answered a Tamara Tamara. <laughs> so Tamara, I'm sorry. I have like you get that one thing that you can't get right sometimes, and you know we are in the middle of this yeah. COVID nineteen. So like maybe my mind is not as good as it could be and we were talking off camera a minute ago and I was telling you that you know sometimes you get news that throws you a little bit and I don't have bad news or anything but I did talk to somebody that threw me off a little bit so I'm gonna try to wrap my head around this and and um, I'm sure this is common with everybody right now you know with that kind of feeling occupied and you're not sure what you're occupied with kind of um, situation and we're both cancer survivors so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and uh, why you're on the show We've developed a really great rapport. Um, we're going to be doing some work next year on speaking about life coaching and, you know, survivorship coaching. Cancer survivor, licensed mental health counselor, certified addiction professional, certified rehab counselor. And I became a registered yoga teacher when I was healing from the breast cancer. I just happened to be two weeks into yoga teacher training. I thought it'd be a great supplement for working in the field of mental health, bringing more holistic and, and natural well-being to folks and alternatives, um, being active, mind and body. And I was told two weeks in that I had breast cancer. And I think I kind of knew in the back of my mind. So I'd been gravitating towards the yoga, knowing that it's something that always grounded me, but it, um, it was just something that I've now been able to bring to other people. So I teach a free yoga for cancer Miami group, and I've had great sponsorship this year. So I'm able to make that free. And that's been by Pink Luminous Breast and Lympha Divas, the compression sleep company. So just trying to raise funds whenever I can and, and kind of get back and support people. And, you know, we're all on this journey together. And I say stronger together. So you and I met at the Cure conference last June, I believe. We were sitting next to each other and uh, we were listening to a panel. And I saw that you were doing the yoga there. And I think I was like, hey, I kind of have this podcast. And then took us a year to get organized because that's, you know, that's life. That was yeah. life. Yeah. And then, you know, so, um, and when you gave me a call, yeah, we were going to do this thing in April. We were going to do um, the Day of Kindness that's what it's called, right? I think Dave Caring, yeah, Dave Caring. We were yeah. going to do, yeah, Dave Caring. We were going to do that and they canceled that. So I thought, well, let's have you on because I feel like it's important with your background to kind of help people during this time, you know, like it's a, it's uncharted mm -hmm. time. And they back through all five of the times that I heard of cancer. And it's kind of like a, um, you know, like a situation where every time you think, okay, I got this mastered. And that's kind of what I think about this every now and then I think, yeah oh, I know how to think about this or whatever. And then I, I was telling you offline that um, my mind is going, can go pretty dark pretty fast. And I'm trying to acknowledge that, accept that about myself and kind of journal that so that I can help explain it to others while they're doing it. But so you, when you were diagnosed, you were diagnosed about two weeks into your teacher training for the yoga. And I used to work at a yoga studio. So I know exactly what you're saying. That's like the super commitment time. That's the, you know, where you're in and you've, you're doing it and you're like, Oh, a little uh, curveball. but what a better person to get. Well, that didn't sound right, but you know what I mean? Like 
a good person to get a curveball would be you because you do know how to handle things and you do have the training and you do are exposed to it every day. So, um, did you experience any setbacks that the uh, audience might also relate to uh, right now? Well, I think, um, you know, you mentioned something and I just want to normalize it a little bit. And that's Elizabeth Cooper Ross, the stages of death and dying, which apply to us when we're going through grief, when we have a diagnosis of cancer, or we have something else unexpected happen, we lose a job, you know, unemployment. We're going to go to that dark place a lot of times, that anger, shock, uh, bargaining, and it really takes a while to get to acceptance. And you might go through some of those feelings and come all the way back to the anger. And it, it's a process to get to acceptance. And I had started to get to the acceptance phase of the breast cancer. I was started my journey of the surgeries and I was hit with an unexpected uh, infection and they thought they had a handle on it. So I took medications for that. Uh, then it was not coming to where the point it needed to be to be healthy. So they ended up giving me medications. I ended up in the hospital and they, they kind of had to clean things out a little bit. And it, it's like everything, all the progress I had made, I got set back. Not so much where the range of motion with my arms, but pretty close, you know, pretty close to when you think about when you have that first surgery. So it was starting all over again. And it's that journey of going through everything emotionally. And I, I think maybe that's a little bit of what folks are going through right now. If you've been through a cancer diagnosis, we're used to a little bit of self-quarantine. We're used to unexpected things, unpleasant news, but we get PTSD sometimes. It's bringing up for a lot of people, and I, I want to normalize this for folks, when you were first diagnosed with cancer and all of those feelings can come back. So that's where I was very fortunate to go through the yoga teacher training and learn to ground with breath because we can't control all this other stuff. But when we can get out of that fight or flight in our body and know that what things are going on and it's okay and it's normal, you know, that's a normal human response, yeah, right. then we can come back to things like breathing and grounding ourselves a little bit. Um, and I think we have, we haven't talked about this, but I think we have the same doctor. Um, Dr. Cal Carmen Calfa was um, my doctor. I actually, I know her. We've um, spoken together. We, we've done a couple little things together professionally. But um, I just know her as a colleague, actually, in the okay. field. Because so. I saw that we were both friends with her. Okay, so I, yeah. I yeah. She's a wonderful person. Yeah. Oh, she is fantastic. She's down. Yeah. She was in Hollywood, and now she's down in Miami now. But she was, okay. she's really good. And she was actually at the conference where you and I were, were there. And I got to hook up with her again and, and talk oh, to her a little great. bit. So that was really okay. nice. But yes, I agree. I understand what you're saying about the... Mm -hmm. The diagnosis and 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 I feel like sometimes and and maybe you can help me if this is like a technical thing. Um, I feel like sometimes like I'm good. Sometimes I can be good for three days, and sometimes I can be good for two seconds. Yeah. So you know, like there seems to be a wide variety of of um, time frames in which you like can manage your fear or you know. Um, just the different stages of the grief associated with a diagnosis and things like that. And I feel like as a whole, the entire world right now seems to be thrown into that, that kind of situation where, you know, I personally don't know anybody who's, who's passed away. I mean, you know, like I read, I went to Texas A&M and I read some of the old basketball players, two of them died yesterday. So, you know, by proxy, I kind of know them, but you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know anybody, thank goodness. I don't know anybody yet, but I feel like yeah. at the end of the day, I will. So, yeah. you know, um, and, and it's, I think it's okay for people to know that, that you don't have to be stoic and have your emotions all under control for mm -hmm. something like this. Is that, is that true? 
it's completely normal. I had to deal with some news today and I was sharing with you before we started. I'm a first responder and I had to ground myself a little bit and really kind of wrap my mind around it. I was told by my allergist I had been exposed to mold recently. My lungs are not normally what they would be. I have never had problems like I've had recently, but I was being exposed to the mold has kind of caused a little bit of problems with my lungs. And they said, right now, do not go to work. We're putting you on a three week notice of we'll reevaluate, but they want me to be a little bit more stable before I can go and be a first responder. And I had to deal with that. That's that kind of grief that we talked about. And that's who I identify with as being that first responder. But, you know, I had to come back to something that I tell other people and that was put the oxygen mask on. I'm no help to anybody else if I can't both short and long-term, you know, meet both of those goals. So short term for three weeks right now, I may not be able to help out the capacity. I normally would. I'll be at home. I, I've got some new opportunities. Possibly it's interesting. Susan G locally just contacted me and they want me to do some work with them on their website. So we're going to have anxiety. We're going to have worry. We're going to have, again, these setbacks, you know, we're used to going to work and identifying ourselves in that way. And that's kind of like that snow globe that, you know, when it gets turned upside down, we're kind of figuring out for the next few weeks, who are we? How do I define my day? And anxiety and worry are normal. And I'm not going to tell people don't worry, don't have anxiety, but don't let it consume your day. When I was first diagnosed with a chronic illness, I had somebody come and tell me, I, I wanted to know from somebody else who, who dealt with things, how do you deal with it? And she said, at least once a week, I take worry time. And I'll take five mm -hmm. minutes. If I have to cry, I cry. And I give myself that time to make it okay. And then I wrap it up and I, I kind of go back to my day a little bit. But I do that to give myself the time to not keep saying, you don't do this, you don't do this, you know? So if it's a few minutes a day that you need to kind of do that and then come back to your breath work or, you know, your inspirational quotes or, you know, whatever it is you need to do to get done throughout the day, cooking dinner or what have you. I think that's kind of where my dark time is kind of that for me. It's I'm, I do it in shower at night. Cause you know, I've been showering twice a day just to make sure everything's good. Um, yeah. but at nighttime, I feel like I hold it together cause my kids are here. Everybody lives yeah. with us. So mm -hmm. my daughter-in-law is home from school, obviously. Uh, she's a, uh, teaches in the, well, she's an aide in the Washington uh, state school district. And then my son works in a lab, so he's considered um, essential. So he's gone yeah. every day. There's only a couple people at the lab. And it's been the same people the whole time. Mm -hmm. My other son is considered essential. So he goes to work. His girlfriend is in the Navy. She's been, she's, we're picking her up today. She's coming in today. And then at my husband and myself. So, you know, there's six adults in the house at all times. And so I'm, you know, I'm the one that has this company about being positive and getting through things. And I'm your mama bear. I got your back. I can do this which I do every day with these kids and, and they're still kids in my eyes. And I, I know they're grown adults, but you know, it's sometimes your mind just goes there. And, and so I think when I get in the shower at night, that's my time to do my worry time. I like let my mind go. And you know, I take about a good solid 20 minute shower. I'm very sorry, earth. I'll try and <laughs> down a little bit, but that's like, that's like my meditation yeah. slash worry time slash get myself together. It's like the only place when you live with five other adults who are home all the time, it's my physical only place to go sometimes where, you know, the dog doesn't come in the cats. I mean, they all sit on the outside. You know? yeah. <laughs> it was like my only time. So I think I'm, I'm glad to know that my going dark, because I was scolding myself this morning. I was like, don't go dark. Don't do that. But I have mm -hmm. to, it's like, I yeah. have 
do to be able to go back up. It's like, I got to go all the way down to go all the way back up. I'm like, yeah. a, I'm not like a halfway person. I'm like a yeah. all the way in person. So, <laughs> are there a couple of productive ways to cope with anxiety right now that, that we can talk about? The research on happiness is really about gratitude. So a lot of times what I like to have people do is focus on a gratitude journal. Some people like to have a gratitude jar. You can do this individually, you know, your me time. And you can maybe if you're home with people, you could do it as a family. And that might be like on those dark days or something, pull out some of those things as a memory because now you physically have them. But, you know, if you can start off your day with one to three things that you're grateful for, end your day with one to three things you're grateful for, they may or may not be the same. You know, it's about that conscious awareness of what do we have in our life? Because we want to train our brain not to focus on what we don't have, which is a very easy place for it to kind of go through marketing and commercialization. Yeah. We have that neural pathway, but we can build that neural pathway uh, to gratitude. And that's exactly what we're doing. So if you do those kind of techniques, you need to do those ideally for 30 to 45 days. And you're going to see such a huge difference because what it's doing in those 30 to 45 days, sorry, we've got a little noise in the background. Um, <laughs> What it's doing in those 30 to 45 days is it's literally creating a new neural network so that it trains our brain like a muscle. We're building a muscle and that's what the chemicals in our brain are. So if you do that every day, you're going to create a habit in your life and you're going to release chemicals in your brain to not only create that new kind of like highway to go to that place, to take a different route, a different road, a different exit, but it's going to release those positive chemicals to make you feel a little bit better. Wow. And you can maybe enhance that by picking a favorite quote every day, starting off your day with that quote or something of inspiration. And then at the end of the day, you could even summarize it and say, how did I see that in my life today? Yeah, how did I design that quote in my life today? How did, I, how did it surface? Or does something else come up? And again, it's just kind of reinforcing all of those wonderful things. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I love how the, um, the new neuro network, I like that phrase. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, you know, I, it's funny. I have a thing hanging in my bathroom that says it's, it's not, it's basically, it's not over until it's over. And if something's still going on, then it's not over, you know, like basically you, you keep on going until you reach what you need to reach. And if you're down because you can't reach that, then, you know, that's okay. It's, it's not played itself out yet. And, you know, that's, it's the simplest little plaque. I read it 45 times a day. You think I'd remember exactly what it said, but I'm so reliable on reading what it says to put mm-hmm. my mind at ease that I, I, maybe I, maybe I self-consciously don't memorize it. I don't know, but okay. it's kind of, um, it's kind of my go-to when I'm, I am like the I was the stay-at-home mom. I was the the mom who picked up the kids. I was the mom who was there. So I never had any private time. So my private time was always in the bathroom, you know, yeah. like, not even weird, just in the bathroom. So, you know, like I close the door and be like, oh, I have all boys. Those are, I'm a girl. I can be in here by myself for a minute, yeah. you know? And yeah. Um, yeah, I, it, of course, uh, juggling a job and having children and everything is a lot. But being the one that stays home with them all the time is a lot too, you know? So like I would have my anxiety moments and feel like, huh, is there not like a human being? Can't I just put on a blazer and (laughs) sit in a chair and make some decisions that don't involve like two hours of explaining to a three-year-old why? So, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, that's, that's, I'm finding myself, I did that when I had, the kids were young and I was, I was home with them and I was readjusting to that role and then when I was diagnosed with the first cancer and the second and the third, 
Um, mm-hmm. By the fifth, I got to be kind of old pro at it. And, and you know, yeah. it, it was the second most deadly. And I was like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. But I'm noticing that I'm kind of going back to those um, things, the, the uh, my old ways of dealing with things, like old, old ways, like old mm-hmm. time. And I'm, I think it's interesting. So this new neuro network, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm absolutely going to be working on that. That's going to be, I feel like there's probably a better thing to do than hide in the bathroom. So I'd like so that's, it. that's been your me time. That's when you were able to get away. So I'm sure if you were to ask the kids or ask somebody, Oh, mom's mom's in her office, you know, right. um, <laughs> and that's going to be an adjustment for people. It's called cognitive emotive dissonance. We're used to our habits. We're used to what we do every day. And right now people are going to feel like something's wrong even though they might be healthy and they might be safe. Um, do you have a watch or anything on right now? Oh, I, and don't, I guess I'll ask the audience. I just, I, oh, I have a ring okay. on. Or ring. Put it on the opposite finger for a moment. Uh, oh, I, I can barely deal with that. Like, I, 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 it drives me crazy. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's that feeling of cognitive emotive dissonance. We're used to having something in place. We're used to dealing with something in a certain way. We're not used to having so much me time. So we've got people at home that have always wanted this me time, that all of a sudden have this me time. And even though it's this really great thing, they're gonna be like, this feels so awkward. So it's gonna feel like putting a watch on the opposite wrist. And only for some people, it may not feel like your literal size watch. It might be feel like a watch that encompasses your whole arm right. because it initially is not a habit and it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. It's gonna take people a couple weeks to adjust to being at home, developing a new schedule and breathing through all of it you know? Yeah. Breathe, breathe. Well, I mean, we can't, like, I think I've heard it a million times, at least probably 4 million. <laughs> breathe, 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 breathe. And it's so simple yet. So not used, you know, like it, I mean, I know in our, in, in our communities, of course we use it because we're both yoga, both had cancer, both have been in situations where we weren't in control, you know, like you're not in control with cancer. So you've got to, you've got to release that control, but, um, you know, it definitely is, um, it's just definitely a, a unique time. And I feel like, I think it's a good time for growth too. I, I was joking with a friend that I've always been an, etro, an, an introvert. So I binge on extrovertness, like, you know, for two weeks at a time, maybe every six months or, you know, whatever, once a week I'll get out or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm really an introvert. And if you are an introvert, this is hard for you too, because your introverted situation just became very populated. And you're like, what happened? Like, this is, I'm an introvert. That means I don't really like, I'll be around a lot of people a lot of the time. And now everybody is here all of the time. And so it's like, it's an adjustment for the, that, you know, like my husband's a huge extrovert. He loves to be outside talking to people, doing stuff. And I'm like, you go ahead. I'm good. I'll come out in the last five minutes. And it's, I'm not antisocial necessary. I just, I just, I've just by proxy. I mean, I spent a lot of time home as a stay at home mom, you know, it's like you kind of do that. And it's especially 26 years ago before everybody started, there were so many groups and everything like that. And you know, that once a week mom's group I like lived for. So it's, it's different too. If you're an introvert and everybody's just landed at your house as well, it's, it's an adjustment too. there. You're like, what? and then your whole routine basically gets thrown into like a holiday, if you will, routine of, being around people and having big meals and planning things. It's not like I'm going to roll down and eat my five strawberries and at, you know, whenever I want, I can leave them on the counter if I didn't finish. Cause you know, like just stuff that you're used to. So it's like, I think aside from being scared and fearful and all of the things that are coming at us information wise, sorting through what's, you know, real to you and what maybe is, um, what do they call it when they 
put pizzazz for the journalism, add their own kind of hype to it. Um, you know, um, I, I, I think it's, hold on, definitely. Yeah. You, you know, it's just kind of that, it, it's just a, I'm just finding myself going back to a lot of weird thoughts like, oh, I remember I felt that way when this happened. You know, mm -hmm. I remember, oh, you know, I had a visitor for a month that changed my routine, you know, but it's like you have an end goal date and you're like, okay, well, this is going to end then so I can deal yeah. with it then. But you don't know when this is going to end, you know, like, oh, maybe Easter, maybe not. No. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be Easter? It's not going to be Easter. Who knows? Like by the yeah. time they get around to Easter, that's, I mean, today's the uh, March 25th. I know the show won't come out on that date, but I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking like, you know, eight, uh, what is that? Six, seven, 15 more days. Yeah. So, you know, that they're possibly saying that, but, but, but we don't know. And then what about, how do you feel like the people who are in treatment right now who might be getting put, pushed back and told not to come in or their surgery is um. postponed? I think if it's not something, it's mandatory right now. Um, I just had an article come out with Care Magazine today that I wrote, and it's on the COVID-19 and telemedicine. I've been very impressed with how my doctors very quickly, for myself, my daughter, um, we were home this week to take care of some appointments. Some things I canceled. You know, there's some screenings and some scans, yearly scans and other things I needed to do. Can't do those right now, so it's fine. Um, they can be pushed back, and when it's time to do them, I'll do them. Uh, people have to look at and go with their doctor's recommendations. If they're telling them stay out of the hospital, stay out of the ERs, because they don't want you exposed. And a lot of doctors, um, I'm embracing technology. This is my first podcast. It's lovely. Um, I've embraced Zoom a lot in the last couple of days. What are we going to take from this? And, you know, if we put that oxygen mask on right now to take care of ourselves, we will be in a better place to take care of other people. And we have to be in a good place. Do the telemedicine, do the online calls. I, my daughter did a dermatologist, we did an orthodontist, I did my allergist, we've done a lot of different things out of the box. You know, and some people are gonna find that once they develop a routine and they're staying home, I've been asking the question, what do you wanna take from this experience to keep in your life? What's a good that you wanna take from this? Some people may not wanna go back to certain jobs, some people may want to keep a little bit of this life. What do they really appreciate, you know? And that's the bigger picture right now. Get our health in order, be with the people that we love and re-examine some things and, and really kind of center ourselves a little bit. Oh, I agree. And do you have any programming to help individuals during this time in a virtual format? I might be doing that. I had been expecting to go on 12 hour shifts um, for the next three weeks, at least as I understand right now by my doctor's orders, I will be at home. So I'm going to work with Susan G. Um, I might have a couple things I could share with you um, soon. If sure. I put some things together, maybe do a little bit of virtual yoga. Um, I normally do the yoga for cancer. If I'm not going to be meeting with folks um, physically, I don't want to create social, social, sorry, social distance. Um, it's about physical distance. We still need to be social in supporting one another. So I'll see what I can put together and uh, maybe we can do those things online. But I wanted to talk about breathing a little bit too, if you don't mind, if I could have a second. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we all breathe because of our brainstem. So unless we are on a machine that has to breathe for us, we don't remind ourselves to breathe, but it does not often mean that we're breathing effectively. And especially in our busy world, get out of that fight or flight. It's really important. And I'm going to kind of sit up tall, it's really important to sit up tall, have a straight spine and kind of square your head. So you're looking up and you're not dumping your chin in towards your chest. How we hold our body can have a lot to do with the quality of our breath. So when you open up your chest, maybe just even opening up your arms, let your arms fall to your side. I see Danita doing it, so it's great. 
and just kind of opening that heart center a little bit. And then screening, where are you holding your tongue? If you're holding it up towards the roof of your mouth, you're kind of impacting your airway a little bit. So let the jaw part a little bit. Let the tongue relax behind the lower front teeth. Start to take a smooth inhale through your nose as comfortably as possible. Make it as long and comfortable as possible. Maybe exhale, drop those shoulders as you let the air out. There you go. And keep the, the lips together, but keep the jaw relaxed. Keep that tongue behind the lower front teeth comfortably and just take a couple rounds of breath. Feel the breath come in past the vocal cords. Feel the belly maybe getting a little bit bigger. And as you take a slow, smooth exhale, just gently feel that belly button coming in towards the spine. And that's the reset button for our body. Much like we hit a reset button for a computer, that little technique right there of being mindful and tuning into our breath is what calms our body down. Now I can say for people who are new to surgeries, who have been going through some things, I say comfortable breath because that's what Yoga for Cancer and Tari Princeton, my teacher taught me. When I was going through surgeries, I could only breathe from up here. I, I couldn't get full lung capacity because I was in pain. But when you restrict and you hold, you notice your knuckles become white if you clench your fists, you're restricting blood flow. So you wanna actually relax. And that's very hard when you're in pain or if you're feeling anxious, but maybe just slowing down your breath. You might not be able to take a deep breath, but take a comfortable breath and slow down your breath so that you slow your inhales. And if you can make your exhales longer than your inhales in any way possible, or at least slow your breath overall, it's going to reset the body. It's going to get you out of that fight or flight response, which is only going to amplify pain. And believe it or not, breathing, we have so many lymph nodes in our lungs. Yeah. We have the ability to start our healing process because when we breathe, we're stimulating those lymph nodes, we're moving our lymphatic system, and that's part of the detox process. So for individuals who have been going through chemotherapy, it gets some of that to detox through the body. And then when you can, and you combine it with movement, which certain types of yoga can be really great, um, Tai Chi, all the things that they're recommending for cancer survivors, we're keeping our bones healthy because of the balance of the osteocytes and the osteoblasts mm -hmm. and what the chemo can do to the bones. So moving, you know, um, walking and getting your arms up, doing sun salutation, moving your arms up while you're walking also gets more of that lymphatic system going because it doesn't work until we're actually moving. Fortunately, breathing is moving. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Tamara. I really like the, I really like that we did that. And soon we're going to have these uh, podcasts up on YouTube so they'll be able to see us doing that. And uh, I think that'll be really important. And I, I would like to, um, when this comes out, I, I would like, I'm going to, we're going to tag you in it. And um, if any of the listeners have any questions or want to get in contact with you somehow, you know, they'll be able to do that. Um, your company's great. name is uh, Wellness Therapy Yoga. And it's www.wellnesstherapyyoga.com altogether, um, mm -hmm. no spaces. And uh, you are in Miami. And, um, you know, I, uh, <laughs> it's funny, it's 43 degrees here today in Seattle today. <laughs> and for the first time since moving here, I was like, okay, can it just be a little bit warmer for like one day? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, uh, and you know, we're, 
we're trying our best, right? We're, we're mm-hmm. trying to keep it together and, and keep positive things out there and keep positive thoughts going. Let people know that it's okay if they need their worry time. Um, let people know how to breathe properly. Let people know that we've been there. We've been through mm-hmm. these situations. I mean, we, I, w- I was actually put on hold for one of my surgeries because of an insurance problem. Okay. But that two weeks that I was on hold, I was cr- crazy. So yeah. I can um, imagine that, you know, like, this is, is, it's substantial. And it's, um, I think we're probably long enough into this and maybe we'll do another podcast about this later, but the denial people are maybe having to really reassess and kind of redo at this point. And, and, and I got a little bit in that me in me too. So, you know, I, um, I watched some champions and I, and I've been really well exposed to that. Um, but I, I am realizing that, all minds together are better. And that, you know, if we stay in this and I love how you said, um, not social distancing, but physical distancing, that's really important. Like that's a super good phrase. Um, you know, because that's mentally, that's what you, you hear physical and it, it doesn't sound so bad as social, Mm -hmm. you know, social makes it sound like, Hey, I'll talk to you when this is all done. I hope it's in soon ish. Mm -hmm. Whereas physical, you understand you're still talking to him, but they just may be over there. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. I don't know if that's your baby or, or they, somebody else has rephrased that. <laughs> yeah, I heard it somewhere, so I can't take credit for it, but I will let you know one of the articles I think I, I want to put some focus on for cure and get that out there too is, is the importance of mental health right now. Um, telemedicine is not just for your doctor's appointments. I got a notice being a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida. They are easing the restrictions for um, tele, telehealth. So if you need to talk to a mental health counselor, it's probably going to vary by state right now. Don't quote me because I don't, I don't govern all the states and each state is different, but I at least am aware from the little bit of an email that I got that they're opening the doors. If you've not been a client um, for telemedicine before for a mental health counseling, you can go online and you no longer had to, if I understand, be a pre-existing client. They can take on new clients, see people online and they're opening the restrictions. I think some insurance companies are waiving the co-payments. They just want people healthy right now. And I love to see how we can come together to make those things happen. So, you know, call insurance companies, ask, and don't be afraid to, to reach out and get a little bit of support right now. If, you know, people need that professional support, I want to make sure I mention that because that, that's, that's key. No, I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much. I uh, look forward to having you back. And um, I think this, you know, you and I are not done by any uh, stretch of the imagination. We got a lot more ahead of us. So you guys, listeners, you'll probably hear us again. And um, <laughs> be sure, and if you're a cancer survivor, or, or, you know, wherever you are in your stage to uh, get the Cure magazine, I'm sure it's available online if you don't have a physical copy, because I know you can contribute. I know you do contribute. Yeah. To that and it is free. I love that it's free. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I actually did a, a um, article in there um, back in October. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's a wonderful situation. It's a wonderful community uh, organization, everything about it. So um, guys, if you would like to uh, know more about Tamara Anderson, Hannah, please contact her at www.wellnesstherapyyoga.com. And I want to thank you for being on today and God bless you. I hope that everybody in your house stays safe and um, everyone is uh, just enjoys a lot of time together and no scary moments. So this is uh, Donita Wheeler with Donita Mama Bear podcast. Thank you. Until next time, thank you for joining Mama Bear Donita.